Propaganda in the United States and Europe constantly portrays Russia as this crazy, irrational aggressor that invaded Ukraine out of bloodlust and colonialist mentality and all, all this nonsense. The reality is that the U.S. and NATO were pushing for proxy war on Russia for years after the U.S. organized a coup that overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government in 2014, setting off a civil war in which 14,000 people died leading up to the Russian invasion of February 2022. And we now have firm evidence proving that Russia and Ukraine reached a negotiated settlement just over a month after Russia invaded, and they were gonna, they were wanting to end the war. They wanted to have a peace agreement and diplomacy to end the war. But what happened? The so-called peace-loving, democracy-loving West killed the peace talks. Specifically, the British government, clearly coordinating with the U.S. government, told Ukraine, do not accept a peace agreement with Russia, because we now know that the U.S. and Europe wanted to use this proxy war in Ukraine to bleed Russia, to kill Russians, sending tens of billions of dollars of weapons into Ukraine, flooding the country with weapons to weaken Russia. The U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin admitted that openly. He said the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia. I have an episode, a video and a podcast explaining how the U.S. in six months between February and August 2022 sent $40 billion dollars of military aid, that is weapons and military support to Ukraine to try to bleed Russia. That is $228 million in military aid per day. The, the West doesn't want peace. And here I'm gonna go through the evidence now, proving that Russia and Ukraine wanted peace. They had a peace agreement on the table in late March and early April, and the West killed it. Now, what's not remembered is that in March 2022, there were peace talks between Russia and Ukraine that were held in Istanbul, in Turkey. Ironically, even the Atlantic Council, which is virulently anti-Russian, this is a neoconservative think tank in Washington. It's the de facto arm of NATO in the think tank world, and it's funded by Western governments and corporations. And the Atlantic Council published an article in April 1st titled, Experts React After Russia-Ukraine Talks in Istanbul is an end to war imminent. This was April 1st, just over a month after the beginning of the Russian invasion on February 24th, 2022. They, they talk about how both Russia and country met in Istanbul on March 29th for face-to-face -face talks that, which by all indications were the most productive so far and the two sides appeared closer to ending the war than before. So what happened? They were so close to ending the war. What happened? The West intervened and said, do not end the war, Ukraine. The West said, we want to fight to the last Ukrainian to bleed Russia. We now have firm evidence of this from the horse's mouth. This is an article that was published at Foreign Affairs magazine, which is a pro-U.S. government propaganda mouthpiece. It is affiliated with the Council on Foreign Relations, which is basically a de facto arm of the U.S. government. 
It was made very powerful by the Rockefeller oligarchs, the billionaire oligarch family. And the Council of Foreign Relations has a revolving door with the U.S. government. Foreign Affairs is effectively a, a de facto mouthpiece for the U.S. government. And one of the authors of this article previously was a top-level U.S. national security official in the Obama administration. So this is basically de facto U.S. state media. And this article that is being published in the September-October edition of Foreign Affairs magazine is titled The World Putin Wants. And the article is by Fiona Hill and Angela Stant. And I'll get back to the, who they are in a second. Again, one of them worked for the U.S. National Security Council. But if you go down in this very long article, which is full of propaganda, I'll talk about the propaganda in a second. There's so much ridiculous propaganda. But it acknowledges an inconvenient fact. It says, quote, according to multiple former senior U.S. officials we spoke with, in April 2022, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators appeared to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23rd, the day before it, in it invaded, when Russia controlled part of the Donbass region and all of Crimea, and in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees from a number of countries. But what happened? That agreement was destroyed, not by Russia, by the West, by Britain, and of course with its supporters in the United States. And the article notes that as Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in a July interview, this compromise is no longer an option. Now, this propaganda article in this U.S. regime mouthpiece, Foreign Affairs, implies that Russia supposedly killed the peace talks. That is false. It was not Russia. It was, in fact, the British government, of course, backed by the U.S. government. This is an article in a Ukrainian media outlet that is extremely anti-Russian. It is not in any way pro-Russian. It is called Ukrainska Pravda, and it's so anti-Russian that at the top of the website, they have a big button asking for donations, and it says, journalists fight on their own front line, support Ukrainska Pravda. So they're fundraising off of the war, saying that the, the journalists there are fighting Russia on their own front line. So I want to stress this again. This is a pro-Ukrainian propaganda newspaper, and but they published an article back on May 5th they got almost no attention. And now it's been brought back up because of this admission in the foreign affairs article. This again, this article is from May 5th. It's titled possibility of talks between Zelensky and Putin came to halt after Johnson's visit. Of course, they're referring to the British right wing prime minister, Boris Johnson. And this article notes that the Russian side was actually ready for a Zelensky Putin meeting. But two things happened that prevented the Zelensky-Putin meeting. One, a member of the Ukrainian delegation had to openly admit that it was not time for the meeting of the presidents. And then here is the other significant factor. According to sources that spoke with this Ukrainian newspaper, Ukrainska Pravda, according to so sources close to the Ukrainian leader Zelensky, the prime minister of Britain, Boris Johnson, appeared in the capital without warning and he brought the messages that Putin is a war criminal, he should be pressured, not negotiated with. So Britain said, do not 
have diplomacy. Do not have talks with Russia. And the other message was that even if Ukraine is ready to sign agreements with Putin, the West is not. Johnson's position was that the collective West, which back in February had suggested Zelensky should surrender and flee, now felt that Putin was not really as powerful as they had previously imagined and that there was a chance to press him. Three days after Johnson left for Britain, Putin went public and said talks with Ukraine, quote, had turned into a dead end. After that, according to Ukrainska Pravda sources, the bilateral negotiation process was paused. So the British government killed these peace talks that could have brought an end to the proxy war in Ukraine. And you can bet that Boris Johnson made this decision after consulting with the United States. The British government does not make a single major foreign policy decision without consulting with its imperial overlords in Washington. There's This is clearly an, a decision that was made collectively by the West to sabotage these peace talks with Ukraine. Now, these sources have been going viral on social media. Of course, they're getting no mainstream coverage in Western media. Just mentioned very briefly in passing in this paywalled article, by the way, in Foreign Affairs magazine. It's paywalled. So most people don't have access to it unless they go to archive.today, which uh, a little tip there. Anyway, I want to give credit to this article that I saw by Dave DeCamp. It was published at antiwar.com. I saw it at Sheer Post. But other journalists, other independent anti-war journalists have been uh, reporting on this, bringing these two sources up and, and documenting how the West killed these peace talks that could have ended the war in Ukraine because they want the proxy war to continue. The European Union itself has admitted that it doesn't want a peaceful settlement to end this war. Josep Borrell, who is the basically the de facto foreign minister, the top foreign policy executive of the, the European Union. He tweeted, he said, quote, this war will be won on the battlefield. He said very clearly, he met with Zelensky. There's a photo of him with Zelensky, the Ukrainian puppet leader. He said, this war will be won on the battlefield. He's saying that the EU does not want a political solution to this proxy war. Joseph Burrell, the EU foreign minister, de facto foreign minister, also reaffirmed this in a press conference in April, on April 11th. So this is just less than two weeks after the peace negotiations that happened in Turkey, after the US and the EU killed these peace talks, that this negotiated settlement that was proposed between Russia and Ukraine. On April 11th, there was another press conference in which Joseph Burrell was asked by a journalist. The journalist said, Russians have criticized you for saying that the battle will be won in the battlefield. Do you still believe that this will be the case? And Joseph Burrell responded saying, normally wars have been won or lost on the battlefields, yes. So reaffirming that the West did not want a peaceful end, a peaceful settlement to this proxy war with Russia. Now, I wanna go back briefly and respond to this propaganda article in Foreign Affairs magazine, because I wanna respond to some of the ridiculous propaganda and fake news in this article it, it, that's really worth debunking. So as I said, this article in Foreign Affairs, which is the magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations, which is 
closely linked to the U.S. State Department and has been for many decades. It was involved in planning during the first Cold War. It's essentially an arm of Wall Street and Washington at the same time, which is basically the same thing. This article is titled The World Putin Wants. Who are these two authors? Fiona Hill and, Ang and Angela Stent or Angela Stent. Now, if you go to the bottom of this very long article, you can see their bios. Fiona Hill, from 2017 to 2019, she was senior director for Europe and Russia on the U.S. National Security Council. So she was helping the, one of the top officials overseeing anti-Russia policy for the U.S. government under the Obama administration. Today, she's at the Brookings Institution, which is funded by Western governments and corporations. It's basically another de facto arm of the U.S. government. The other co-author is Angela Stent or Angela Stent, who's also at the Brookings Institution. These are the funders of the Brookings Institution, according to its most recent annual report from 2021. You can find this on its website. Microsoft, this, the regime, the dictatorship of Qatar, the Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, which is a longtime CIA cutout, the Ford Foundation, another CIA cutout, Open Society Foundations, another CIA cutout, Google, the government of Sweden, Northrop Grumman, which is a, a weapons corporation, Booz Allen Hamilton, another military contractor, Amazon, the Australian government, Bank of America, Facebook, the U.S. government, the British government, the Norwegian government, the U.S. State Department, the Danish government, ExxonMobil, the French government, the Swiss government, the U.S. Coast Guard, the U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Army. So the Brookings Institution is basically a de facto arm of the U.S. government and other Western governments. It, it, it represents Western imperialist interests and Western corporate interests, which are one and the same, big corporations in the West. And it's a think tank that creates policy papers and proposals and research to advance the interests of U.S. imperialism and Western corporations. And the people who wrote this article at the, the Foreign Affairs magazine of the Council of Foreign Relations, their article is just pure anti-Russian propaganda that is trying to advance the interests of U.S. imperialism. Now, in this article, they admitted that in April, after these peace talks in, in Turkey, Russia and Ukraine were on the verge of a peace agreement and a negotiated interim settlement. But this article dishonestly implies that Russia is the one that killed that peace agreement, which is, of course, completely false. This entire article is ridiculous propaganda. I mean, I'm just going to respond to some of the insane, dishonest propaganda talking points in here. Now, what's so funny about this is this article says, Putin argues that NATO is a tool of U.S. imperialism. That is a, an objective historical fact. It was founded by the U.S. empire in 1949, at the beginning of the first Cold War, it was a coalition of right-wing anti-communist regimes, including the fascist dictatorship in Portugal. NATO has never been about democracy. It has never been about human rights. It has always been a tool of U.S. imperialism. And, and this, art, this article notes, Putin argues that NATO is a tool of U.S. imperialism and a means for the United States to continue its supposed Cold War occupation and domination of Europe. That is an objective historical fact. Okay, Putin said it, so what? Putin can say the sky is blue. That doesn't mean that the sky is green. That doesn't mean it's false. This is an objective historical fact. That is what NATO does. That is the objective historical and political function of NATO. We can clearly see that function of NATO now with 
multiple European countries committing economic suicide on behalf of the U.S. empire because they refuse to buy Russian energy. Here, this is a tweet that went viral. There's so many tweets like this. This guy, James Alcock, is just, he's just a British restaurant owner. He has a small restaurant called The Pig Beverly, and he's not political in any way. And he, he posted this tweet about how before these Western sanctions on Russia, he paid about 3,000 pounds a year for energy. His latest bill is 22.5 thousand pounds in electricity. So obviously, all of these small businesses and even big corporations are going to go bankrupt on behalf of the U.S. empire. They're destroying their own economies on behalf of the U.S. empire and NATO. So objectively, that is the function of NATO. Just because Putin said it doesn't mean it's false. Anyway, so that's propaganda in here. Here's an incredible piece of, of fake news. This is not, a, not, not just propaganda. This is straight up fake news, taking words out of context. This article hilariously tries to portray Putin as the aggressor, Russia as the aggressor, even though we know that Russia wanted a peace agreement and was willing to sign this peace agreement in April with Ukraine and the West killed the peace agreement. By the way, Russia also repeatedly demanded security guarantees from the West in November and December of 2021. And it was the US, the EU and NATO that refused to give Russia any security guarantees. So they're the ones that wanted this war from the very beginning. But this propaganda article tries to portray Russia as the aggressor. And this article, it, this says this, this blatantly misleading claim. It says, at a June 9th Moscow conference, Putin told young Russian entrepreneurs that Ukraine is a colony. The, the implication here, the strong implication, is that it's a Russian colony. And that's what they keep that they keep talking about this this war. They say that it's a colonial war and that Russia is trying to erase Ukraine and turn Ukraine into a colony. And they say this comment when he refers Ukraine as a colony. Putin wasn't saying Ukraine is a Russian colony. Putin was saying that Ukraine is a U.S. colony, a Western colony. I did research to try to figure out what the source of this claim was. And, and I found this. This is an article in TASS, which is Russian state media from June 9th. This is referring to the exact same meeting that they referred to in the Foreign Affairs magazine article. And it notes that he was meeting with young entrepreneurs. And Putin made the comment. He said, there is no middle way between being a sovereign country and a colony. But Tass noted, Putin did not name any specific countries. He didn't name Ukraine. He wasn't saying that Ukraine is a Russian colony. He was saying, which is an objective fact, if a country does not have sovereignty, it's a colony. He's saying that he's implying that Ukraine is a victim of Western imperialism. Putin made a very similar comment in February, right before the Russian invasion. This is, this is an article in the Washington Post, another U.S. government propaganda mouthpiece owned by billionaire oligarch Jeff Bezos. In long speech, Putin recognizes Ukrainian regions as independent, a potential pretext for war. This is the speech that he gave. This is from September, sorry, fe February 21st. This is the speech he gave in which Putin recognized the independence of the Lugansk and Donetsk People's Republics. And if you go down in the article, it says, Putin excoriated Ukraine's leaders in his television address, 
he questioned their legitimacy and called the country a colony with puppets at its helm. So this is what he was saying. He was saying that it's a U.S. colony, a Western colony. He made these comments before the Russian invasion. But if you read foreign affairs, they imply strongly, they basically say that, that he was referring to Ukraine as a Russian colony. This is the kind of ridiculous propaganda that you can expect. Again, who are the authors of this article? One of them was the head of Russia for the U.S. National Security Council in the Obama administration, Fiona Hill. She was a top U.S. official overseeing anti-Russia policy, overseeing the, the U.S. hybrid war on Russia, which did not begin with the sanctions imposed after the Russian invasion. The U.S. has had sanctions on Russia for many years. The U.S. has been waging a proxy war, a hybrid war on Russia for many years, trying to overthrow the Russian government. So let me continue. This article now whitewashes, um, to avoid, uh, this article whitewashes Nazis. I was going to say, say to avoid being demonetized by YouTube, but whatever. I mean, they're, they'll do that anyway. They're now whitewashing Nazis. Here, it, this propaganda article refers to the Ukrainian Nazi collaborator and fascist leader, Stepan Bandera, as a controversial World War II era Ukrainian partisan. It notes he fought with the Germans against Soviet forces. Stepan Bandera was the leader of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, the OUNB. They were literal fascists. They called themselves fascists. They pledged loyalty to Nazi Germany. They were ideological fascists who collaborated with Nazism, and they, they participated in the Holocaust. They participated in the genocide of Jews and Poles and Romani people. They were literal fascists according to the textbook definition of fascist. But this article implies that Russia only refers to them as Nazis because it's Russian propaganda. And they're controversial figures. They're whitewashing literal textbook Hitler collaborating Nazis. These are literal Nazis who worked with Adolf Hitler to murder Jews. And according to this propaganda article in Foreign Affairs, written by the former head of anti-Russia operations for the U.S. National Security Council, they, oh no, well, they're misunderstood controversial nationalists. They're partisans. The partisans were the ones who killed the Nazis. They were the ones who fought against the fascists and the Nazis. So ridiculous what, historical whitewashing of Nazis. The article also says, Putin's assertions about NATO and proxy wars with the United States and the collective West have won a variety of adherents from prominent academics. They're referring obliquely to uh, John Mersheimer, who is a, a foreign policy realist. He's not even a leftist, but they're attacking academics. And then they say they attack Pope Francis. These warmongers are so bloodthirsty. They are such unhinged imperialists that they're attacking the Catholic Pope, they're attacking Pope Francis, who said in June 2022 that the Ukraine war was provoked by the West, which is an objective fact. And anyone outside the little bubble of these imperialist neoconservatives in Washington, they can see that fact. Now, later in the article, they also attack the global South for the same thing. They say, in many parts of the world, Russia is winning the information war. And they attack the global south for refusing to uh, support the Western 
Cold War on, on Russia and the sanctions on Russia, the economic war on Russia. But this is not because of the Russian information war. It's because the, the rest of the world, the 85% of the global population outside of the little bubble of the imperialist West can clearly see what's happening. And these, these bloodthirsty warmongers in Washington, they refuse to, to take off their blinders because they live on another planet where the U.S. empire is this benevolent, cuddly force for democracy and freedom. And then, of course, they write in this article, Putin knows it will be difficult to negotiate a settlement in Ukraine based on his version of history and to reconcile fundamentally different stories of the past. But this article admits that Russia and Ukraine were on the verge of having a, a negotiated settlement. Of course, this propaganda article doesn't admit it's even more propagandistic than even Ukrainian media outlets, which are slightly more balanced than the U.S. propaganda outlets. They don't admit that it was actually the West that killed the peace talks that were on the verge of having an end to this war because it was the U.S. and NATO and the EU that are responsible for this war. As I said at the beginning of this episode, it was the U.S. that started the war in Ukraine by overthrowing Ukraine's democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, in a violent coup in 2014 that was led by fascists and far-right extremists. And then the government since then has been a Western puppet regime, completely undemocratic. Even Zelensky has been unable to do anything that he promised on his campaign pl uh, platform. He claimed he wanted peace with Russia. He did a 180 because he has he's not really in charge of Ukraine. Ukraine is run by billionaire oligarchs including the oligarchs who fund Zelensky and Western regimes. It is a puppet regime. And Ukraine, since 2014, has been used as this outpost with billions of dollars of Western military equipment and weapons and training to wage a proxy war on Russia. And 14,000 Ukrainians died from 2014 until the end of 2021 before Russia sent a single troop into Ukraine. That is according to the United Nations. And according to the UN, the majority of civilian casualties were on the were in the Donbass, the Russian-speaking side, on that side of the war in the East. They were the ones being killed by the Ukrainian regime backed by the West. So at every single stage, it was the West that is responsible for this war, this proxy war in Ukraine. And they were the ones who killed the peace talks. In late March and April, there was a peace settlement on the table. The West is responsible for killing it because the U.S. and NATO and the EU are bleeding Ukraine. They're sacrificing Ukrainians to the last Ukrainian in order to bleed Russia. I talked about this in my video and podcast about how the U.S. is sending Ukraine $228 million of weapons of military aid per day. I talked about how even the Washington Post published an article by a former U.S. government official admitting that the U.S. is waging a proxy war on Russia and bleeding Ukraine, fighting to the last Ukrainian to bleed Russia. That's why they don't want peace talks. Ukraine ironically wanted peace talks. Russia wanted peace talks. It was the U.S. empire that didn't want peace talks, and that's why they killed the peace talks, and that's why the people of Ukraine continue to suffer in this war for empire, which is extremely tragic. And it's the US empire that's to blame.